Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences. Each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com/podcast. Just go to indeed.com/podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. indeed.com/podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, the uglier you are, the better you're going to be. Typically, be you know, like typically, sort of, typically yeah, the there's, yeah. a of, there's a bit of a graph there. <laughs> That's why he's a scratch golfer, Griff. <laughs> man of the year, man of the year, man of the year. Welcome to the number one friendship podcast in the country. I'm Matt Ritter. I'm Aaron Cairo. We're sitting next to each other. I don't like it. It's too close. Way too close. It's, it's too close for comfort. You already were a close talk. I, I now I'm on top of you. Yeah. I'm like in your mouth. We should kiss, <laughs> guys. It's great to be here with you guys. We uh, I heard a great quote from a from a buddy recently. I was talking about the pod, and he goes, "You know, I don't know how any guy makes friends if they don't play golf or gamble." I don't play golf or gamble. <laughs> <laughs> There goes that theory. Yeah, okay, uh, but I think he did have a point, right? Like. I just was thinking about it. Like a lot of our friends who are doing well with their friend groups, who are like don't you know necessarily need all of our advice, are like yeah, I'm good. A lot of them, I'd say, less gambling, but a lot of them do have good golf crews. That also means you're like outside, you're walking at least a little bit. You're it's a social yeah. drinking. Drinking. Right? Yeah, I don't know that many people. It was weird that he said golf or gambling because I really don't know that many guys who are like. Yeah, I've got a great gambling crew. Yeah, like, is gambling a social thing? Poker. Like, I think he uh, meant like okay. poker night. We yeah. forget there are like adult men who have poker nights. We should do an episode about that. Mm, should we get like one of those Hollywood casino guys? Not Hollywood casino. Oh, like World a, Series of like Poker. Like, what's it called? Molly Finding Molly? Yeah, what, find, what was that just in that movie? show? Uh, Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we should get somebody who's like a, you know, like one of those thrice divorced, you know, World Series of poker guys on to talk about like how many friends i bet you none of them have actual friends or we should get a or we could get a, someone who knows about golf we could do that or maybe we did do hey! it. guys we have our first guest in studio he's a good friend of mine we met in acquaintance early, of mine acquaintance of his, <laughs> acquaintance of his <laughs> friend of mine which puts him at like friend acquaintance yep. in some total on average i met him early on in our comedy days and i'd say um You know, his comedy is about as good as his golf, uh, which is he's pretty mediocre at both. <laughs> But he has an incredible, incredible uh, podcast and just kind of brand. You guys are probably familiar. Probably most of our listeners know these guys, the country club adjacent guys. I would say he's the funniest one in the crew. Uh, welcome, Griff Pippen. Griff. 
Thank you. That was quite an introduction. I'll take it. We can't stress enough. This is our first ever in-studio guest. Ever. Ever? Shouldn't have been you. Yeah. yeah, it should not have been I me. Remember we said we were going to get Affleck and Damon on our We did. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? We're doing this to work out the kinks. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so this is wow. like, if this doesn't go well, we just dump the whole episode. I'm your, I'm your, your lab rat. Yeah, you're our, yeah. you're our crash test dummy, yeah. we like to say. Yeah. Do you, do you know, I was thinking about how <clears throat> uh, like formative comedy years, like we, we ran... A really good comedy show, but also a terrible comedy. You know, like how a show can That's be good, a good and description. terrible. Really good, but terrible. Right? It really, well, it was a bar show, and you just didn't know what you were going to get that week. We would show up; nobody was really gonna be there unless we went around the bar with flyers, going, "Hey, I know you're here to like enjoy your birthday, but do you want to come to this free show in the back?" Every week we would just bother and pester people at that bar and then fill the room up. And sometimes it was, it was packed. Electric. We did. We, we bombarded, we harassed, we harangued. <laughs> you know what I would describe case? Cases is like if an Irish pub had a jail. That was yes. our comedy room. Yes. Right? <laughs> there was a comedy jail in the back, and you guys are prisoners of a lot of mediocre comedy. Enjoy a three-hour show of open micers because they need this way more than you need that beer. You know what my memory of that was? Because we talk about on the pot a lot, supporting your friends, especially yeah. stand-up, like go to their shows. That You would say, hey, I'm doing a show at Keys. i go, no. No. <laughs> I'm not coming. I'm not performing. I'm, no. Why did we want You're the co-host of Country Club adjacent. Yeah. You just tell us, because actually, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know what it is, because I don't play golf, and that's going to come up a lot. It's in good pod. not to research your guests. Okay. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you want to do it. I said, trust me, these guys are, are something. <clears throat> yeah, we're something. You know, what I love about your podcast, connecting friendships in the community and the value of people going, that's something that I need to value is friendships. And in the golf world, Something I've seen that reminds me of Man of the Year and the tradition you guys have is you have the boys' golf trip. It's a classic golf tradition. And you have these, these boys' trips that guys, a group of really good friends from a very young age, have kept alive every year for decades. I, I know so many groups of golfers that have been having their boys' trip for 30, 40 years. And it keeps that friendship alive. And these are often friendships that that's the only time they see each other. And it's just a really special bond that golf is the, golf's the tool that keeps those friendships alive. And it's like, you know, like you said, like how do you make friends if you don't golf? Um, it's, it's really incredible the friendships you make on the golf course, whether it's the boys trip or you show up as a single and you don't know anyone and you just start golfing with three random golfers and then you make three new friends. So <clears throat> it's such a powerful tool. What about the, if you have a buddy in your group who doesn't golf? Like, what if you have a Cairo in your group? He's just out. No, um, like for instance, if there's a boys golf trip and there's you and you're like, I don't golf, so I just can't go to that trip. Well, I would, I would say come out to the trip. Are you just allergic to no, golf? No, 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 I'll drink. I like to drink. Okay. Yeah. That's one way to do it. You're like, I'll just ride in the cart and drink all day. Yeah. I will gamble on your gambling. Wait, so I wanted to back up. Uh, you know, for those of our listeners who don't know about Country Club, but Jason, give us like the 30 second bio of who you guys are. And like, how did you even come to be? I know they're like fellow comics. All four of us were stand-up comedians out here in LA, grinding for a long time, spinning our wheels. COVID hits, you can't perform. You can't yeah. do anything. None of us can in try to live our dream. So uh, Jake started making some weird golf content. And by weird, I mean jumping into lakes every day. 
and basically some company was like, Hey, uh, we want you to make some golf content and go in an RV and travel from California to Colorado. And he's like, okay, I need to fill it with some comics. He calls me first. We don't know each other that well. And then he calls me. I'm like, I got nothing going on in COVID calls. Two other guys, Mark, and Mark didn't pick up first 10 phone calls because he thought it was a bill collector and finally answered. So we're all like, hey, we can't perform. Let's go on this RV trip. We don't even really know each other. Mark and I had met doing a stand-up show in a furniture store two years before. Classic so we'd comedy met. origins. That was it. We go on this RV trip to start making content. Immediate chemistry. We're all comics. We're all seasoned. We all know how to like work with each other. And we start making content and we're like, dude, we're... We're like, we got a good chemistry. Let You know what? When this is over, no expectations. Let's go back to LA and record a few podcasts. Immediate chemistry there as well. And we're like, you know, let's, uh, let's open up an Instagram page and see how that goes. And then we shortly, if, like a month into this, we're on a tee box. And I was getting ready to hit a shot. And Mark was there. And there's 20 people in the tee box. And Mark looks at me, he goes, dude, you look like you slept at your aunt's house last night. <laughs> and I couldn't block it out. And I had to back off my shot. I'm like, what does that mean? Everyone's dying laughing. And we, we filmed it and posted it. Did really well. Like, hey, why don't we, you know, we're comics. Why don't we just like pretty much bust balls on the tee box, try to get people to back off a shot from laughing. And we just did like a 30-day challenge called the back off challenge. And then that just blew up and turned into us doing it to Trump, to, to Jamie Foxx, Caitlyn Jenner, Charles Barkley, a bunch of professional golfers, Scottie Pippen. Um, and it just kind of spiraled into that. And it's like, oh, wow, this just overnight. Now I'm making a living as a comedian, not having to deliver food off Grubhub. So <laughs> I'm very grateful to be here. I love the back off challenge. By the way, every guy that I know knows you guys from that. Like if at any time anybody's talking about golf, I'm like, oh, do you guys... Do you know the country club Jason guys are like, oh, I love that back off challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we got Donnie coming up in a few weeks for round three. I so, mean, Donnie Trump. Yeah. How do you find, how do you get there? How do you. So I work with the um, live tour and we basically get paid to sit in a tee box and roast everyone coming through the pro-am. So it's all the players on the tour and the pro-am guests. And we did Trump. Remember the first time he was coming through secret service is two, three holes ahead of him. And they're coming up with their AR-15s and they're like, you know, who are you guys? And we're sitting on a box like, oh, we're just comedians and we're going to roast everyone coming through, including Donald. And they're like, no, you're not. You have to get out this tee box. So like, no, no, we're going to roast him. And Jake is very chirpy and hates authority. So he's like, I don't, he doesn't care who it is. He's going to argue with you and he's not going to let it go. And so we're just like, no, we're, we're supposed to be here. And like, no, you're not. So then another secret service guy comes up. We need your credentials and all this. So we had to go through like, arguing with four different stages of secret service and them going, you're not allowed to be here. And then are you with media? You know, are you CNN? Who are you? We're like, we are here to shit on him, but we're not with media. <laughs> we're just idiots. This is thing we do. And then finally, one of the secret service guys, Oh, I know you guys big fan. Yeah, they're fine. They're not here to do anything <laughs> bad. They're not a threat to national security. <laughs> Let them on the T box. Like, thank you, my man. So we got on the T box. Donald comes up and, it's a tricky comedic tightrope to walk because in the golf world is very right leaning. So you're talking about Donnie here. You, you, you say something shitting on Donnie. You're going to, you're going to piss off the golf world and say, I hate these guys. But if you say something that's too friendly, then a lot of left wing people are like, Oh, you must be Trump guys. So we're like, Nope, we're not on any sides here. We're just to roast him like anyone else. 
So I said, oh, your swing looks a little broken. Was it made in China? And I knew that would get under his skin. So, um, yeah, we, we went after him and they just chunked it in the water. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, darn, a little short, kind of like your second term. Because you know, just, just to get the opportunity to sit with that man and roast him in front of him to his face on his course, nobody, as far as I'm concerned, had to do it. And the second time we got to do it, he, he was getting ready to hit, and then Mark was like, don't worry, I got my house rated too. <laughs> Dude, if you think about it, so the, there were no correspondence dinners during his term. So nobody's roasted him. Nobody. So for us to do it is like, we're the only guys as far as I know, and to do it to his face on a, on a tee box is like, so now we, now, the second time we did it, like Secret Service was coming, oh, I know these boys are fine. Yeah, let them do their thing. So it's like, it's just weird. So did you always find that you had a good crew on the golf course? Obviously this podcast is about how to make friends, how to maintain friendships. You know, you were talking about how golf is like kind of a glue for a lot of groups. Was it a glue for your group or did you actually discover it through country club adjacent? Like how big of a bond it was, or did you kind of always, you know, have that or feel that? I think I always knew from a kid, you know, you had your, your clicks at the local golf course and your crews that you found there. And, friends for life that you you created there and then and then recreated a new crew country club adjacent do you have any like tips slash hacks if you show up as a single and you join a foursome of like how to be a good single how to you know become friends that kind of thing yeah um and there's like a lot of videos on this you know if you're single don't know anyone you know the basic etiquette you know not you know not walking at people's line or talking during the backswing but um yeah, just don't be annoying, you know, because um, some singles love to just talk too much. Fill your group out. And if these guys don't feel like talking, then it's going to be more of a quiet round. But you might end up finding your the grooms, uh, groomsman to your wedding on that day. Even on a quiet I've, day. I've heard, I've heard stories of a guy going out as a single and meeting some random guys, cracking open a beer, and, and one of the guys in that group ended up being a groomsman at his wedding. So I think the lesson, though, there is that, like, don't get too nervous and try to, like, talk your way into the friendship right away. Yeah, you're just going there to play golf. They're there to play golf. There's no expectations. And it usually you ease into it. First couple holes are usually pretty quiet when you're single. And then you start to, yeah, good shot. Or thanks, good shot. And it's like, uh, you know, like, where are you from? And then it just, hole two, three, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Ohio. And then, oh, cool, what do you do for work? And then you start chatting and then you eventually find something like, oh, you know, we have common ground here. And then if if you start to click with each other's energy and by the end of, you know, by nine holes, you're like, yeah, this guy's my buddy. After 18 holes, like, I got to get your number. We got to go out and play again. And now you got a buddy that you hit up and go out and play with. What do you think about cracking a joke in the round if you're a single? Absolutely. I've played as a single and like, that's absolutely cause it's, cause it, for me, that's who I am. So I'm like, I'm going to crack a joke and you're either going to like it or you're not. And if you're like, what? And, and you're quiet about it and you didn't laugh. I'm like, cool. You're not my people. But if I crack a joke and, and you crack up, then you're like, cool. I'm going to make a friend. So, so Aaron doesn't golf. I golf very poorly. I guess my, my, you really fear... have a thing about your golf. You really have like a, well, yeah, I think a lot of people do. I think yeah. a lot of people who are like, you know, I can break a hundred occasionally. I feel nervous going out as a single because mm. what if I get people mm. that are right. probably not scratch golfers, but actually I, I think I'm less worried about like the scratch golfers. I am like the guys who are in their eighties 
that I'm like not on their level and I like might slow them down. So many amateur golfers are terrified of that. And it's like, they understand they were there at one point and you got to start somewhere. And even for me, sometimes I get paired with somebody who's new to golf and they're very slow. Um, if you're worried about that as a PSA, after X amount of shots, if you're like two, three over and you're going to get a triple, just pick up your ball. That's the most important thing you can do is pick up your ball and just you're out of the hole. So don't uh, keep yeah. whacking away and making us watch this and wasting our time. <laughs> don't do that. Don't guilty. do that. Just pick up your ball at some point. Mm. It's okay. I'll tell you why I'm guilty of that. Because sometimes I feel that if I go the other way, then I'm getting nothing out of the round. If I'm just like constantly picking up and constantly rushing, then I don't feel like I'm getting any better or whatever. But maybe maybe during the round is not the place to try to get better. Well, there it is, but you need to really practice and play with intention. But again, you know, you're going out there, you want to have fun and make friends and stuff like that. And honestly, like where I've seen people make more friendships in the golf course is like they're not focused on their game. They're just going out there to have a good time. And you meet three other random guys and you're just having a good time and you don't even care about your score. I like that. I like the idea of just you're just going out there to have a good time because that's a lot of what our pod is about. Yeah, really going out there to try to make a friend. You're just enjoying yourself. You're showing your best self. And then that's how you get other people's right. attention. Um, but I guess that's where my insecurity comes from. Like, I don't feel like I'm my best self on the golf course. I feel mm. like I'm some scrub loser. <laughs> I mean, if you look at yourself that way, then you present yourself yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, but you enjoy it. I do. But then, I, you know, I've had a few situations. Like, I, I went out once with, like, a girl I was dating, I went out with her dad, who was a doctor, and three doctor yeah. dudes, and they just, like, dressed me down right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I golfed back home with a bunch of uh, neurosurgeons and cardiologists, um, and they're an interesting bunch. But once you get to know them, they might seem intimidating because, you know, they all, like, two of them graduated top of their class at Harvard. And they're neurosurgeons. They're brilliant oh, Matt, guys. Matt doesn't respect Harvard, so that means nothing to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they, they seem intimidating, but once you get to know them, like, we're all just busting each other's balls. I feel like what they did to me in that round is like the equivalent of child abuse. Like, it scarred <laughs> me for life on the course. You felt a very an emasculated, inferior, yeah, they, they gave me the golf clap. Like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. 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 golf you. doctors. Yeah, they're yeah. like, every country Everybody club knows. has them. The golf doctors. And some of them have the God complex. Yeah. And there's maybe at least one of the guys oh, in the yeah. group. One out of three doctors had a God complex. And they need to be, you know, you know, you need to bust their balls when they three putt. And I'm like, man, that's that's a shame you went to medical school. I thought doctors were supposed to have steady hands. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta put them in their yeah. place a little. Good. You save people's lives. Okay. I make, I sit on tee boxes and I shit on people and film it. Okay. I'm better. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. (laughs) Should we take a listener question? Yeah. Asking for a friend. Guys, this is asking for a friend. If you have a friendship question or ethical dilemma, send it to us on Instagram at Man of the Year Podcast, and we will answer it on the show. Hey guys, love the pod. Have a golf-related question. So I thought you'd be perfect to answer this. Me and my buddies have been playing golf once a year, annual tradition, for almost a decade. The problem is one of our friends has a temper. And at first, when we were like in our early 20s, it was fine but it seems to have gotten progressively worse with things in his life, maybe not being as great as everybody else's. He's getting to the point where it's no longer enjoyable, but we're also all competitive. So there's a part of us that's like, all right, it's just part of the competition, but what do we do about this guy who's snapping clubs and kind of losing his shit and kind of ruining the whole thing for us? Huh. Is it, was that, what did that say? That, is that listener? Uh, is that Matt Ritter? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, no Ritter right I, I, I don't go on golf trips. Matt Ritter? I don't do it. <clears throat> um, well, every golf group knows and has that guy. We all know that guy. And, and sometimes it's fucking fun to watch. It's like the same part of our brain that likes reality TV shows. We're like, yeah, dude. Uh, just the other day, Jake was about, <laughs> Jake was having a meltdown and he started to throw it and he was holding it and I go, let it go, throw it, dude. And everyone's like, no, don't do that. I was like, throw it, throw dude. It, throw Just it. Throw, throw it, dude. It, throw it. Yeah, no, I mean, Mark snaps clubs. He smacked three clubs in one hole. Over the knee? Um, two over the knee and one on the ground. And I was just like, this is fucking awesome. I'm <laughs> loving this, but I shouldn't. This is not good. I don't know that behavior. Um, he needs to sit down. His buddies needs to sit down and go, look, you're taking this way too seriously. Okay. And one of the best things two two things to this guy to at least help him um, is one of the best quotes I've ever heard. Somebody told me when I was getting mad on the golf course, they go, Hey, do you do this for a living? Are you on the PGA tour? Oh, you're not. So then it doesn't matter. Mm. So stop getting mad because mm. none of this matters. And I'm like, true. Second off, I don't shut up about it, and I never will, is Stoicism. Everyone should be reading Stoic books. Go read Ryan Holiday books. Stoicism's so powerful on the golf course and in any area of your life. Like, someone I was dating was, like, struggling with all these things, and, like, I would, like, try to help her over the phone. She's like, holy shit, that's everything you said is my therapist. I'm like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to therapy. It's fantastic. But I'm saying like, you can almost solve all your problems through reading stoic books. And stoicism, you know, teaches you like, there's nothing you do about what already happened in the past. There's no point getting emotional about wow, it. Wow, there's whole books about that? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hit a ball in the water? Can you change that? No. There's nothing you can do about that. You've already hit it in the water. It's over. Move on. But getting mad, you know, I think there's an ancient... Confucian quote, something along the lines of, if you're depressed, it's because you live in the past. If you're anxious, you live in the future. And it's like, you get mad and depressed about something that you have no control over, which has already happened. So for me, I'm so competitive that I don't get mad because I'm competitive, because I want to win. And I know when I get mad. So Mm. when you have these meltdowns, throw clubs and snap around your friends, like nobody wants to be around you. Mm. 
And you don't want, nobody wants to be the guy that nobody wants to be around. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent 35 and a half years doing that. And, uh, you know, and I finally got it together in the last few months is what I've told myself. <laughs> the last few months. Is what I tell myself. That's why I'm on this podcast because I'm making friends. <laughs> I'm a friendly guy. So, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, my answer to just about everything is stoicism, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, they need to sit down with this guy and go, listen, you're, you're getting mad about something that doesn't matter. And two, just, just go, just go read some, go to Ryan Holiday's page and start practicing a little stoicism. And then you're like, yeah, this is silly. Why am I getting mad? I like what you said too, about like, nobody wants to be the guy that nobody wants to be around. Nobody, he doesn't want to be right. that guy. Do you think people are, do you think they're just not aware that they're being that guy in the moment? There's a little bit of both. Um, there's definitely to 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 go that far to be the guy that nobody wants to be around. You have to have a little bit of lack of self awareness, but also definitely he knows. Like I'm just fucking throwing a fit, and everyone's getting quiet after I throw a club. Yeah, I know like, people are uncomfortable. Right. I think is yeah. I mean, I think definitely his friends got to sit him down, or one of the friends got to sit him down and be like, dude, what's going on here? Like, yeah, on, we're just a bunch of forty year olds having a good time. Like, we got away from the wives. Like, we're on this beautiful golf course. Or like, our on. husbands. Or husbands. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. But I, I, And I like Ryan Holiday, too. I like the stoicism. And I like what you said about, like, you can't change the fact that it just went into the lake. But also, it's hard to just calm yourself down in the moment. It's not easy to just be like, you know, when you have that, like, blood boiling because you just hit a terrible shot. Like, it's not so easy to tell somebody, like, hey, just calm down. Yeah. You, well, you, you're mad. You're mad and throw a fit because you care so much. Caring so much is not the problem. It's like you care so much because you want to play well. Okay, well, if you really are really competitive and want to do well, you know throwing a fit is just yeah. going to make you play worse. So I'm like, no, I want to clean this mess up, damn right. it. So I'm not going to get mad because I'm so competitive. Right. Think uh, about it that yeah. way. Yeah. Think about I, it. You're mad because you want to win. Well, if you want to win, damn it, don't get in your own way. So did we answer this properly, do we think? Listen, think there's, so, no, there's nothing that a, a raging, rageaholic who breaks his clubs and goes crazy, there's nothing they listen to more than reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you take their club and throw it in the water when they're about to throw it, and you go, cut that shit out. That's a good idea. I like that. Cut that you shit throw out. it in the water. You throw it in the no, water. No, I, I like that. I like everybody in the group just take all of his clubs out of his bag and just fucking throw them yeah. in the lake one time. Yeah, there's, for every club, every time you... You snap, we're going to throw a club in the water. <laughs> Asking for a friend. So, so, Griff, let's just say I decide in my middle age here that, okay, I, I want to start playing golf. I want to hang with Matt. I want to hang with our Man of the Year crew. Like, how do I even start? Like, I go to Top Golf and I, I can't even hit the ball. Like, I would recommend getting lessons, finding an instructor and getting lessons. Okay. Um, that was the, that's the first thing, because otherwise you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where to start. You don't even know. You can watch YouTube videos and you can be self-taught if you're just brilliant, but chances are you're not. Um, so, you know, go get lessons. That's the easiest start so that you get comfortable and you're like, okay, I, I kind of know what I'm doing now. So you can feel confident to go out in there and play and don't feel like an idiot. Yeah. I want to know who do you think is the hottest golf influencer? Paige Spiranak or Grace Charis? I got to give it up to Grace because mm. both of them, very smart businesswomen and really monetized. Yes, that's what I love about them. Their yes. business sense. No, no, they, they, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even kidding you. I'm not even kidding you because this sounds ironic, yeah. right? This sounds like, yeah, they're business people. 
No, they're like, hey, look, I got huge boobs and I'm going to monetize off these hungry perverts on the internet. Perverts. Anyone can just be hot and have big boobs. We're more into the pole vaulting than the yeah. top chicks anyway, just so I, you know, so we're Grace, not perverts. Grace, I got to give it to Grace because she's smart and open up and only fans and nobody in the golf space is doing that. Mm. And she's making a fortune off only fans. And if I could just, I could just show a little bag on OnlyFans. There's definitely like a. If I could show a little bit of my bag and make twenty bucks a pick, oh, for red ball hair, there's gotta be a blonde. But oddly, I don't know why. I don't don't know why. Weird. It comes out of nowhere. But I honestly like. I got to give it to her. She was just like, no, I'm gonna lean into it and do OnlyFans for the golfers. Mm. Good for her. Is there an up and comer that we should be aware of in the hot golf influencer game? Are they? Because I don't know who these people are. Are they good at golf, or they or no? Yes. Yes. No, oh, yeah. she's she's eh, she's okay, but Paige is. Paige is really good. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. All right. You know, you're the friendship experts. Let's say you have someone that doesn't want to have a lot of friendships. They just want to have quality friendships, right? They're like, I don't care if I have only two friends, but those two friends are incredible friendships. Now, the downside is you might be lonely more. But those friendships are higher quality versus some people have millions of friends, but not as many high quality and close bonds, but they're not as lonely. Like there's different ways to have friendship. Is one wetter, is one better or worse? So we talk about this a lot. My first instinct is always to say there's no right number on friends. I think if two works for you, great, but we always do tend to say two is sometimes not enough. Yes. Right? Because what if one of them moves? Now yeah. you have one friend. What yeah. if the other one dies? Now you have zero friends. Yeah. That can happen like yes. in an instant. So, Especially living in LA, like yeah. friends move all the time. So then yeah. you're just by yourself. Yeah. So I do think ultimately quality over quantity, yes. you know, having 20 half friends is not as good as having two really close ones. Also, you know who knows more friends? Friends. So if you have two really close friends, then you meet their friends, and that's a stepping stone. I think I'd rather be, Yes. Uh, what is it, a mile something than an inch deep? Yeah. Yeah, no, you'd like to be a mile deep, an inch mile deep long than a mile long? Deep, yeah, one of those. Whatever. Surface level. A friend to all is a friend to none. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I forget who said that, but you probably heard it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in an ideal world, you're like, I have five incredibly quality friendships and then a bunch of like more like mid-level ones. That's the ideal world. But another kind of part of that is a uh, question to you is, you know, a lot of people are eccentric and unique, especially in this town. And you see it in New York, too. And, you know, they just don't quite fit in to society as much. And there's nothing wrong with them. They just don't, you know, they don't fit in. So they're not as normal. So social skills, and it's not because they're necessarily weird. They're just different. And so there's a lot of people like that out there. And that number is growing of those types of people. One of them's in this room right and, now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, so mean, I would argue this three is, of them we're, are in we're, this we're, room. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> so you have a lot of people like that, a growing number of people like that in society and feeling ostracized. And it's like they're feeling this urge to want to adapt to society and feel like I need to be inauthentic to make friends and, you know, play their game where it's like, that's not healthy to be inauthentic, whereas if they're being themselves, then most of society just won't ever get them. So what do they do? Do they say, I'm just going to be myself and make fewer friends and be misunderstood, but 
fewer but good friends? Or do I play the game a little bit and make more friends so I'm less lonely and be a little less authentic? I think this is a real modern challenge. And what does that person do? And I'm sure some of your listeners are hearing this thinking like, yeah, that, that, that's me. Like, you know, do I... I I, you know, I just want to be myself, but if that's me being authentic, people don't get it. No, I, I have I th- a lot of thoughts. I on mean, this. I think ultimately, like, uh, I think you have to be yourself. Uh, you know, we have talked a little bit about the parallels between romantic dating and friend dating. We're like, you know, you don't really show your true colors to, like the third or fourth date, yep. which you're already in there. But like, there's also, you're describing how these people are weird and unique and there's so many of them. Well, if they find each other, then they're, then they're, then they're golden. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you... You know, you, there's definitely someone out there that's like, oh my God, you're my people. But like, you Listen, may never find Listen, there's an anime them. porn community. Chris. Yes. There's a whole anime porn oh, community. Oh, dude. I go to conventions. <laughs> no. I, when, I, when I became a certified furry, my life changed. Yeah, I mean, I have an outfit that yes. you, you, wanted it, you wanted it back. I got yeah, it dry, dry clean for you. Yeah, I dress as yeah. a bald eagle to meet yeah. women. Uh, but seriously, I think what Aaron is saying is right. You know, we all have this desire to be our authentic selves right but at the same time when you're just meeting somebody it's the same way that you don't even want somebody to be like too open sometimes this isn't even like a personality you know like a a hobby or whatever sometimes you just don't want to meet somebody at a bar and have them spill their guts out to you even as a friend right so you know when you talk about quirks you can talk about a million different ways you can approach friendship i do think all of it kind of boils down to a little bit like the dating method of like you don't need to spill every part of your personality out onto the table, right? Yes. Away. And that doesn't make you inauthentic. So I think That's part true. of it is your mentality of how you're going into sort of interactions with yes. people. You're assuming that, you know, oh, well, I have to just tell them that I'm into this thing up front. Or else know. I'm being fake. Right. And, but the flip side is too, like we now live in a world that is so fragmented in terms of interests and hobbies and with social media and meetups and all these things. You can definitely, definitely find your people so much easier than you could have even like 10 years ago and i use humor immediately when i meet people and i'm like if you if you don't like my sense of humor that's fine but you know i need to figure out like if we're like we we have similar senses of humor early on but i also think as you get older you know sometimes you know we talk about meeting your friends where they are like give your friends a little credit that they may still enjoy your company even if they're not into this eccentric thing you're into or like i just think sometimes we tend to project that people are going to reject us and we already kind of pull ourselves out of it we're like oh these people won't like me yeah and it's like give them a chance now you're now you're rejecting them for assuming that they're judging you we have all these and then you come across as the prick totally you have all we have all these narratives that these stories we tell ourselves and it's like limiting beliefs limiting beliefs and it's like i'm so quirky it's like and also i i think you know as we get older we're a little more tolerant and just kind of like okay yeah this person's got their things and it's fine yeah meeting a new group of friends is like being a single at a golf course you be respectful you feel it out you listen you show yourself slowly and slowly but always be yourself i love that griff dude thank you dude Dude, so thank you for being our first ever in store Guest in store. Where this is our store. <laughs> that's in insane. Guest store, baby. You can buy merch in here. Yeah, that's insane. That many people turn your podcast oh, on yeah, and that you got weird. to me. Oh yeah. There was years of projections. <laughs> so country club adjacent. Yes. Yeah, where else can we uh at and then follow me at Griff Pippen? 
Um, <clears throat> we're on we're on every platform. I'm on every platform, usually making absurd content on my Instagram, doing voiceovers of my swings, um, and definitely worth watching those videos. Um, but yeah, ch- you know, check us out, and we have a tournament series going on where we go to different tournaments that we put on across the country at these top tracer ranges, and we throw a tournament, and basically we'll have a course, and it's a party. And we sell tickets to people just to show up and come hang out and party. We also just want to say thank you because you came to support us uh, when we shot our Today Show segment at Top Golf, and you were giving us tips. I hit the greatest shot of my life, one swing that was on the Today Show because you – you were, you're incredible. Our teacher. whole Luger's crew was like, wow, K-Row can yeah. get a golf ball? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you for thank that. Thank you, Grip. That was, that was huge. Yeah. You look like a stud. Thank you. Because yeah. you are. So what did we learn today? I think we learned that obviously golf is a tremendous way to maintain friendships as a tradition. But for me, I think I kind of learned don't be afraid to go as a single, even if you kind of suck, because just give, give a little credit to the people who are there who have been where you're standing. Give them a chance to not judge you. And for me, who doesn't play golf, like I feel like a good, a good thing to remember is to find your golf. All the things you talked about can be applicable to other sports, other activities. So you just find out what you're passionate about, and then that's a great way to make friends. All right, that's our show. We got no Ronies with Thelonious. We crushed it. Be good to yourself. Be good to your friends. Love, Love you, buddy. buddy.